What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Thursday's edition of All Canadian. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill, and I am probably the happiest person on planet Earth right now. We've got a brand new CFL team that I'm going to be supporting. We will get to that. I'm sure you all know already that it's the Edmonton Elks. But we do have a quick word from our sponsors to get to before we dive into all the elk talk. Absolutely. Sawdust City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This June, yes, it is extended for another month because you guys are doing such an awesome job supporting these guys and getting your hands on those summer drinks like the Tropical Storm, Electric Storm, uh, the new Sangria beer. Is that right? We're going to have to get our hands on some of those. Those look tasty. Absolutely. But for another month of June, you can still use our exclusive promo code, all cap CFP during checkout to see, receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age. And you guys know this one. Fox 40. The Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network is brought to you by our friends over at Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology, coming up with things like the tri-layer whistle mask, the whistle gator, the electronic whistle. For all of your return-to-play whistle needs, visit fox40shop.com, and while you're at checkout, enter the code CFP15 for 15% off all those return to play whistle needs. Let's get into it though. The Edmonton freaking Elks. It is official. Yes, that is right. Connor can finally start his long-anticipated celebration. The Edmonton Elks are here. Name finally announced. Logos sharply done. Antlers on helmets. I think we were the, the big pushers for that one. We did do some stupid gestures in order to get that one. Um, the name was Elk or Elks. Apparently, they had to consult Oxford Dictionary and the University of Alberta's Linguistics Department to figure out which pronunciation, which spelling was going to be correct for the team. And they went with the S on it because as we talked about the team, it's a group. Each individual will be an Edmonton Elk, but the team as a whole is now the Elks, plural. The logo, God, I love the logo. What do you think? Oh my God, man, it is so sharp. The primary logo is going to be that Elk head logo. It looks so good. We've heard a little bit of backlash on it saying, oh, it's too this, it's too that. No, it is freaking perfect. The antler up slogan is amazing. The fast, strong, bold text that they got going on. I love it. And the, the third logo, the tertiary logo, the elk antlers that make the football, mm -hmm. hats off to the design team over in Edmonton. Absolutely. And as we keep talking about the logos, we have the E's in elk and the double E logo staying like they were anticipating keeping. But the E, the close detail is the curve on the inside of the E matches that of the 1980s and 70s look. Now they're mixing it with the current styles of the 2010s look that the formerly Edmonton Eskimos did have. 
Hashtag Elks Charge is the team's hashtag. I like that a lot too. Uh, gets you ramped up for the season as we start talking about that. My only issue, and this is my only issue, why on earth is the center field logo going from the 24-yard line to the 24-yard line on the other end? It is so damn big. You could have taken this logo, shrank it, spun it so it matches with the camera view and it would have looked real sleek. But yes, you could have done it a bit differently. That's my only complaint. And if we're talking about a complete rebrand, I think a center field logo, something that's easily replaceable, is an all right complaint to have. And if the only complaint that we have on this Edmonton Elks rollout is the size of the logo on the field, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm great. I love it. I've been pushing for this for so goddamn long. Lord knows how long it's been. July 22nd, 2020 to be exact, actually. But I'm so happy. I am so happy. Like, don't get me wrong. There's going to be some people probably coming at me like, oh, how can you do this? How can you just switch allegiances? I had an allegiance to the league. I didn't have an allegiance to any team. The first CFL game I saw was an, was an Ottawa Renegades game. They were playing the Hamilton Tiger Cats that night. So I guess, yes, I could lean one way or the other with the Renegades or with the with the Thai Cats. Being a U Ottawa guy, living in the city for a couple of years, I did feel a little bit of draw to the Red Blacks. But again, it was a it was a program for me. It was a program that that folded when I was a kid, and then I didn't get to see them again until I was in my twenties. So I felt obligated to root for them because I was in the city. But I I felt more of an allegiance to the league as a whole. And now I am sticking to my guns. I'm a devoted, diehard Edmonton Elks supporter. All right. And as we continue on this trend of Elks, I was talking to some people, some of my friends. We talked about it. The antlers on the helmets. Clean. I like the look. It's very clean. My only interest right now, or intrigue, I guess is a better word. What would that Elk logo look like on the side of the helmet that would be a pretty cool logo if you had the green outline on the yellow helmet i think that would be a sharp look i'd be interested to see them put the sticker on the side for maybe an alternate helmet uh and see how that looked but i am very excited for this rollout the elks got all their merch going as well which looks amazing definitely going to have to be wearing some of that as we roll on this summer it's already selling out it's already, I saw the president come out today and say, yeah, some of our merch is going hot. We are already sold out of certain items. Thankfully, thankfully, I got my hands on a hat. You got it. You got a long way to go before you buy out the store. But you and all the newfound elk followers are certainly doing a part for them. So way to go for the Edmonton football team and their group for this amazing rebrand. Uh, this is very smooth. The video was nice. Very well done for them. As we move on, though, with logo redesigns, St. Mary's University. Uh, I don't know where I want to go on this one. It's definitely get, not getting the same love the Elks got. It was a good try. The good e for effort. The good old college try. <laughs> I don't like it. I mean, it's better than the old logo, which, you know, wasn't a great-looking Husky to begin with. It was kind of the SMU with the Husky head and the lettering. Um, it was outdated. They tried to update it. It looks okay, but not great. To me, and I said this to you earlier in the day, to me, it feels like a knockoff University of Washington logo. Just, 
I don't know. You said clip art to me, which was kind of the perfect, the perfect description of what this logo is. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to rip on it too hard. I, I, and I feel like stacking it in behind the Edmonton elk rollout is just another thing that is going to take away from it for us. But I don't know. It, it was a good try. That's a, that's what I'll say on it. Absolutely. We're going to keep moving here as we go through our news and notes before we get to our guest, which is a new play-by-play caller, new name, old old position. We are going to be getting to Dave Campbell, who is the color analyst for the Edmonton football team, the newfound Elks. So new position for him as the, the head of their broadcast group. But the OUA board of directors return to play plan is also here. This is extremely exciting. We got a lot of hopeful positive news today coming for you guys on the Thursday that is a great way for us to close out the week but they are firmly set on providing competition this upcoming season that's a direct quote from the conference we are getting OUA football I am so excited I saw somebody tweet out that OUA soccer is looking to be regionalized presumably football will be as well I mean we already kind of have that eastern western split in the OUA I think uh, you know teams west of Toronto are going to stay west of Toronto. Teams east of Toronto are going to stay east of Toronto. Uh, it's just a matter of how they're going to do it, what the divisions are going to look like, and limiting travel, as we've been saying. But yes, OUA football is on the horizon. And if you want to check out a possible way that the football could realign, Connor and I did this last fall. Go back on our Instagram page. Uh, Twitter, you might have to scroll a bit further in the media section, but you can check out our proposed divisions that divided the OUA into an East and West division. Obviously, some of the pushback was, well, the uh, the Western Conference is pretty stacked. And yeah, that might happen, but rare times call for rare circumstances. And we are in a strange year. I mean, if we're going to have to break up the OUA a little bit to get some OUA football for a year, then so be it. Let it happen for a year. It's going to be a weird year. In pro sports, it's been a weird year. So there's going to be some adjusting. But at this point, a full year, no U Sports football. Full year, no CFL football. I need it any way possible. And the Argos... Continuing their big signings, Chris Edwards, the Sam slash DB player, 50 tackles, one sack, INT, two forced fumbles with BC in 2019. Coming on over to the Argonauts, they are now looking to load up on veteran talent for that defense. Uh, Connor, what do you think? I like this signing. I like this signing a lot. I said I loved it in our doc. Maybe I don't love the signing, but I like it a lot. When we were doing the draft process stuff, when we were going through the CFL draft, the one thing that we had Toronto pegged for a need at was DB. We thought they might take a, a run at a guy like Nelson Lacombo. Guess what? He went to Sask. Not available. They went out and got a guy who is a young guy. Let's not let's not put that past. A young guy who's been in the league for three years now. He's proven 50 tackles, one sack, one INT, two forced fumbles. I like that stat line. I, I think this is a good move for Toronto, especially because... You can put him where you need him on the field. He's good enough to come downhill and kind of be a run stopper. But then he's got the coverage ability. So I think this is a really good pickup for Toronto. Absolutely. And now we're going to get some fan news. The 
Edmonton Elks. We can finally say it with full confidence. And a big uh, smile on our faces. According to Dave Campbell, who you guys will hear from in a bit, the president and CEO, Chris Presson, says his optimism for the August 5th start date is very high. Written and verbal approvals have come from all provinces as far as their return to play protocols are concerned. Protocols for fans and stadiums will be submitted jointly by all teams. Also, Saskatchewan, Mosaic, you can always count on the riders to pack a stadium. Full capacity, once step three of the reopening plan is achieved, 70% vaccination required, the province is currently at 66%. So kudos to everyone out in Saskatchewan. Needles in arms has been a big thing for you guys. Uh, the public health restrictions could end as soon as July 11th. So we would have all summer out there with full fan attendance. I absolutely am stoked for this. Every week we keep saying it, but we are getting more and more traction towards this return to play for the CFL. This is huge. Not only for the province of Saskatchewan, not only for the Rough Riders, but for the CFL as a league. If we have the optimism of having a full capacity fan attendance stadium in the league, CFL football is very nearly in the future, it feels like. This time last year, we said it. This time last year, the league was kiboshed. There was no CFL season. Now, we have a lot of optimism, a lot of hope. I'm really, really excited because it feels so much like we are going to hit that August 5th start date. We are going to get a CFL season. Absolutely agree with you, and I cannot wait. Another part of the CFL season, though, we're recording this on Wednesday night, and an hour and a half from when we're recording, two hours, the Senate of Canada moved up the reading on Bill C-218. This is the single-game betting bill that they are trying to pass through before they table it for the summer. A celebrity guest appearance, though, coming in last night would be Commissioner Ambrosi going into the Senate as a witness at the Senate panel to make himself seen, make himself heard on the benefits, possibly, of single-game betting. I am excited for Commissioner Ambrosi to be there. It's another boost for the CFL if they get the single game betting legalized in the country and if we're going to be betting anywhere in Canada why not do it at bet 99 it is a absolute fantastic way to place your bets you can use code CFB get some extra cash in your pocket when they match 100% of your initial deposit outright up to $600 the best place to bet lines are great we got boosted odds Wednesday night Knicks RJ Barrett Went from plus 190 to plus 215 on his point totals. Uh, Bo Bichette reaching three bases in the game for the Blue Jays on Wednesday night was 150. They boosted it to 190. So you can always make extra cash over at Bet99. Every game starts at Bet99. We are responsible gambling. Yeah, I'd get over and get on those Jays boosted odds because they're playing the Marlins and the Marlins suck. Absolutely. They, on Tuesday night, they got pounded 5-1. You guys saw Vladimir Guerrero Jr. continue the MVP campaign with that three-run bomb in the third inning. I I like uh, I really like Bet 99's boosted odds. It's a great way to make some extra cash. So get over on Bet 99. CFL odds will be rolling out as soon as that August 5th start date nears. 
We're going to have some game action when the season comes up. We're going to give you the Connors covers. They're going to be back for the Canadian Football League. We're going to have some point totals, over-unders, yard totals. We are going deep on CFL gambling this year. With that being said, we are going to welcome in Elks color analyst Dave Campbell. Joining the All-Canadian, and we are so thankful to have him on, is Dave Campbell, the Elks color analyst on 630CHED, producer of Inside Sports, sports desk for Global News 880 in Edmonton. Dave, thank you so much for your time. We understand you've had a busy day. We're going to fire some more Elks questions at you, though. Uh, Connor and Wade, let's do it. And uh, here's my uh, publicity here. Officially branded. Nice. Yeah. And then a little sticker there, you know, there you go. Lovely. Very nice. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I'm out in Ontario here waiting on my gear. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a lot of people are saying is, uh, I, I'm sure the uh, goelks.com website, which has been the rebranded website address, the, the new website address for the team. Uh, the, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing there's a lot of traffic uh, for the online team store. It's, it's been a hit so far. Looks That's good. Good yeah. news for a team and a league strapped, pretty strapped for cash after a pandemic to hear. Um, no doubt. And uh, I kind of made this joke uh, a little bit ago. We were talking about the, uh, the comments that you had made about the Elk president saying the start date is very high. I said, for you, it's kind of old spot, new name. You're still the color analyst for the Edmonton football team, but you can no longer say Eskimos color analyst. You are now the Elks color analyst so welcome to the new old job i guess i i was thank you and i was uh doing my best to change that on my email signature <laughs> to put edmonton elks and then i went to my twitter uh bio and believed i changed it correctly to elks uh, i did have edmonton football team uh so now i gotta check my other you know facebook and i think i'm good on Inst- i don't know if i'm good on instagram or not i don't know but that's the thing is you gotta kind of check now to see okay do i have everything that says Edmonton Elks, which will take probably maybe a few more days for me to really flush that all out. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been exciting. It's just nice to have it. I don't want to say this flippantly because it's like, oh, it's nice to have it over with. But I think it's a relief that you know now the new name is here. I think it's a very exciting moment for uh, this organization and for the Canadian Football League, and also even say for the city of Edmonton. Um, I, I just think it was a great day. Uh, on on uh, Tuesday of this week, uh, you know, it just hit it out of the park, the whole presentation and, and the branding and, and all the merchandising. But it's just nice to have it done and out of the way. We can focus on August 5th and, and play some football here. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, from the onset, this whole rebrand, the whole renaming of the Edmonton football program, it's been ridiculously controversial. It's been, you love it or you hate it. There's been absolutely no in-between here. Uh, what were the initial feelings around Edmonton when it, would, when it first came out that, yeah, we're going we're gonna to strip the Eskimos name and we are going to rebrand? It was very divided. It was extremely divided. There was a lot of people very angry that the team was choosing to, to drop the name Eskimos. Um, and I think there was a lot of people that were upset how it happened and um, you know, we know there were some concerns about the name and we have to recognize the day and age that we are in. Um, you know, when you're named after a group of people, you have to, you know, think about after a while, is that best for your brand? And there were some people that didn't understand that. 
and or didn't care to be quite honest with you and i do think on the other side it did kind of highlight that you know we're you know the offended by everything culture is there but at the same time we have to be sensitive to these issues um and i just think you know the historical part of it we couldn't reconcile well it's been named this name for so long what's the big deal but i think for the club they they saw this as an opportunity like you know like you say rebrand refresh Chris Preston, the uh, the Elks president and CEO, uh, said this line just resonated with me. I believe it was after their annual general meeting, which was delayed and pushed into July. And this was a week before the retirement of the name Eskimos. We had him on our show and he said, here's the problem with this issue is we think we have plugged the hole and then three more pop up. We just can't get beyond this. And there were sponsors that were threatening to pull out with with their money. And in, in, a, in a pandemic, when the league hasn't even played a single game, you know, and the, and the club is losing millions of dollars. So there are a lot of factors and, you know, some of it I found a little tough to swallow, but you have to move ahead with the times. 10 months ago was a painful time. I mean, I, I, I love, you know, I work, you know, I work with the team and I'm the color analyst and, you know, but before then and still now I'm a huge, huge fan of the team, you know, so yeah, I shed a tear, you know, it, it was hard. It was a hard day. But then you move forward and then we get to November and we're having the name the team, you know, not contest, but name the team initiative where they had 13,000 submissions for, for the name. That, that's incredible. And then you get to the process where they're, you know, get to the final seven. And like, and at the time it was elk, elk just jumped off the page for me. And I think for a lot of people. So let's put it this way. There are people who are still stuck 10 months ago, will never, ever be able to move ahead. There are people that are upset about the, the change, but understand why, and will be a fan of the Edmonton Elks. And then there are some that'll just, you know, the others, and I think majority, it's starting to become majority where they are all in here, Edmonton Elks, Elks charge, antlers up, whatever it is, the biggest freaking logo on a football field I've ever seen in my life. Oh. Um, and, and, the, and the growth potential of this brand and this name, I think that's where a lot of people are gonna sit and the, the, the ability to scale this, this brand uh, upwards is 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 amazingly it's just amazing the potential is huge absolutely i want to talk about the history but you mentioned the the center field logo i've got to talk to you about that do you know like why they decided to go because i counted it i zoomed in on the picture and looked like it goes 24 to opposite like 23 or 24 yards i know like do you know why they did that or is it just like a temporary thing for the unveiling i think I think that logo might be staying. I'm not, I, I'm, that's what I'm led to believe, which we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see. Like maybe, maybe mm. the players will see that and go, it's too distracting. So let's just have like a logo at center field. I don't know. But I think for an unveiling purpose, um, I think it was perfect. I mean, we had nice aerial shots that you've probably seen on social media. Yeah. Um, Air, Air One, our police helicopter had a great shot overhead of Commonwealth and it was, it was breathtakingly amazing. So um uh, yeah we'll see what happens to that logo but that logo was very impressive it was uh, it was pretty cool and um i'm like holy smokes are you kidding me that's like a that's like a baseball diamond out there absolutely and we'll, we'll touch on the history now you've been around the team for at least two decades uh fan for more than that i'm assuming uh can you talk to our younger fans our younger generation that that sees these people going well what about the history and they don't quite get it themselves. Can you kind of explain them and the brand that Edmonton football developed in the 70s and 80s 
uh, when they're just winning Grey Cup after Grey Cup? Yeah, you know, they they won. They they have this, this incredible team in the fifties that when they won their first three Grey Cups, um, and beyond that, they got to the sixties, which was a terrible era for this team, absolutely brutal era. Um, and then they get to the seventies and they start winning Grey Cups. Uh, this predates the Edmonton Oilers being here. The Oilers in 72 were part of the old Western Hockey uh, Association, the WHA. But it, the, uh, the Edmonton football team at that time, they were a huge brand. They would, they would sell out the stadium. They would be 55, 60,000 strong going into the 80s. You know, and they won five in a row. And then they, they, they won some more in the 80s. They won in 87, one of the best Grey Cup games of all time against the Argos. Um, this market loved the team so much that they would sell out. And of course, back then you didn't have every game on television. There was maybe half your games on television. So you had blackouts back then, you know, so you had to go to the game or you listen to it on the radio, uh, which I'm a big fan of, because of course I'm on the radio now. Um, and then, you know, I think the trends change a little bit, you know, the, the Oilers and the Edmonton football team at the time we're winning, you know, Stanley Cups and Grey Cups. And then uh, um, eventually people spend their dollars in different ways. And you weren't getting 55,000. You were getting 45, which was good. And you're getting 40, 40,000. When I started in 2004, they were still averaging uh, around 40 per game. But then that kept going down. Of course, the team stunk too after that as well. Um, but this brand, I think, has stood the test of time. And if you look at the video package, that they released yesterday with Edmonton Elks. There's a lot of the history still intact. They do not want to forget their history. How they handle the old name will be interesting to see how they do that. Because we had Ryan King on who spent all of his career as the long snapper of the Edmonton Eskimos, right? So even he was like, I, I don't know what to call myself right now, <laughs> you know, as far as an alumni. And I think they'll, they'll figure that out uh, over time. But I think this organization uh, did a good job of honoring their history and moving forward uh, with uh, with the new era here. So, but, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, I think that was the big era of when this team really captured the hearts of people. Um, but I think it goes back to the, to the CFL's mistake about missing a, a generation too, that they just didn't care about the young people. And that's why we're trying to connect more to the young younger crowd to make this game, you know, stand taller because it's a great game. And, you know, I mean, you and Connor, I mean, you're big fans of it, obviously. And I am hearing more people around your age, you know, and even younger that appreciate the CFL game more. And this brand is amazing. Cause I mean, my five-year-old son, ever since he heard the video package in the Edmonton Elks, he keeps going the Edmonton Elks. So my five-year-old just keeps saying it over the last, you know, day which is great and i think that's what you want so i think there is a balance where you can honor your history but you can move on and celebrate something new and talking about honoring that history one of the things that they did that i absolutely love was they kept it they kept the ee logo mm. as their secondary logo but the way they did it was amazing incorporating that kind of 70s 80s e into the now or the newer like 2010s e so i, I think that was just a subtle touch that was so great I think so. And it just shows you that it, it, you don't have to have a massive overhaul to, to some things. You know, it was a, just a simple little change 
and like it just it just meets your eye and you go wow that that's that's amazing so um and you're gonna see that logo i mean i don't know where it will be it we haven't seen a jersey mock-up yet we haven't seen that yet which is coming soon um now it's probably going to be somewhere on the jersey i would imagine and chris preston yesterday said there's going to be probably a, a third jersey concept as well where you will see ee on the helmet so the okay. ee logo is not going away it's just not the second or the primary mark it's the secondary mark and i think that's what was a, another misunderstanding from the reaction from the public too especially on social media well they got rid of the ee logo no they didn't no they didn't the elk is the primary logo the ee logo is still the old double e logo is still going to be very present absolutely i personally i think the uh the football antlers that'd be a great kind of way to tie the chest together on the crest and then you can have an ee patched on the shoulders so that would be a good way to include two of the three logos i mean i don't know where the the elk logo the primary logo then fits in on that jersey set but uh as we now officially have the elks what is your official thought on the logo? Like, what did you think when you first saw it? Was it like, oh my, or was it like, a, oh, that's kind of interesting? It pops, I'll tell you. It really does. Um, you know, when you watch the video package and it just, it, it forms in front of your eyes and you just like, wow, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, uh, that concept. So uh, now the, the antlers on the helmet, I will admit that might take a little bit to get used to because it, it, it looks like, I don't want to be insulted, not trying to be insulted, but it looks like a line, like it looks like a line on, on, on the helmet. Right. But then you look closer and there's antlers. So, but we're so used to seeing the double E that anything mm-hmm. different is going to look weird anyway. So the, the logo itself, like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to grab this, you know, like, like I like the, like the antlers are just amazing. I mean, you look at that. It's just, wow. That really pops. Right. And the fact you have green and gold in there as well. So, yeah, I just, it's really, it's a really cool logo. They did a really good job. One thing I saw was the the stripe down the center of the helmet. I guess that's been a fixture on the helmets uh, for a couple of decades now. And now they go with nothing to me. Like I've always seen that the Edmonton helmet have the stripe. And now like my first thought was, oh, that looks really bare. Like that was my first reaction to it. Do you think they ever try to incorporate it the does. stripe again? Or maybe if they go to that secondary helmet, they throw one on? Uh, maybe that's what they'll do. Maybe a more retro look. You know, um, I'm not really sure where they're going to go with the helmet. Like I say, like the helmet, the helmet looks cool, but it, it is something to get used to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of a kind of a plain look, but you know, and then again, the Cleveland Browns have a plain helmet as well. Right. And they're, they're a very powerful brand as well. But yeah, it takes something to get used to. I mean, you got, I got an old helmet back there. It's an old helmet now. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, that's one thing I noticed for sure too, is that the striping really adds a lot to the helmet and, and this one doesn't. So whether they add it or not, that would be interesting. I, it'd be kind of cool if they added something, but uh, yeah, I, I'd say the helmet is something that I'm going to have to get used to, but overall it's still, it's still really good. Absolutely. And with two years off, we've got two draft classes to catch up on now for the Edmonton football yeah. team. Uh, how have you felt personally about the last two Edmonton Elks drafts? You know, going back to 20, and I have to stretch my brain here a bit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, their first pick, Thomas Jackardilla, is a no-brainer. 
Uh, he's someone that could potentially come in day one and start. Not saying that's going to happen, but you know, I can definitely see him being as the sixth man on that old line for sure. And then uh, beyond that, uh, you know, Elaine Pay was a very su surprising pick by Brock Sunderland to me. And I'm, I'm thinking for a guy who hasn't played football for a while, uh, even though you love his measurables and you you love you love the physical tools, and he had a great year when he did play in U Sports. But you know, is that a pick you could have got later in the draft? But, uh, you know, Dante Brown is an important pick, I think, because you have two kickers that are getting older, especially Sean White, who's 35, who can still kick, in my opinion. But I think that's a, that's a, a good move uh, to, to draft a, a young kicker who's got a big, big leg, and that throws you O'Neill into that mix as well. Um, I thought uh, Chris Gangarosa out of Wagner was the steal. You know, six-round pick, and I think there was projections that put him up higher you know, big guy from the tackle position that, uh, you know, protects well and actually run blocks better than most people give him credit for. Uh, I really like that pick. And then you look at uh, this class in 21, Cole Nelson was a real shock. That was, that was an earth shattering kind of move. Um, you like, he was, you know, drafted strictly on measurables in my opinion. And you love the measurables. I mean, the guy, guy can move for six, five, yeah. you know, over 300 pounds but I just go, okay, realistically, where is he going to play? You know, is, is he, uh, is he going to be able to be in a rotation in year one? You know, I'm sure he's eligible to go back to U of A, yeah. you know, and then come back. It's another thing, the silly rules of the CFL, you shouldn't have to cut a player to then resign him later. You know, if he's your property, you should be able to keep him for, for a while as far as rights go. Mm -hmm. um, but Nelson's going to be really interesting to, uh, to see how that works out. Um, but, you know, to, to stay home is um, and make that pick, I think, is a good PR move in a lot of ways, too. And they've had a lot of success with the Bears because, you know, David Beard's their center. Yeah. And he's worked out really, really well. Um, what's really interesting, you're going to have to forgive me, uh, the running back they drafted. Uh, Dante Glover. That's the one. That could be the guy you watch because he's an American-Canadian uh, he does have Canadian ties here, obviously. Um, a guy who could really be a ratio changer, you know, kind of like a Kyle Saxlid on that O-line who's, you know, who, who could slide in there and bring a fourth Canadian, even though he's not a Canadian. I think that pick is uh, something, is, is a player to watch. Uh, you know, Glover's measurables are really good. His, uh, his ability to run with the ball, you know, catch the ball. Now, can he block? That's another, that's another story. We'll have to see. But that, that could be a real steal. And uh, the, uh, the receiver, the big receiver out of Buffalo, uh, Dominic Johnson, I believe. Uh, yeah, that is another pick that I go, hmm, because size, you can't teach that. And he, has, he doesn't have a lot of time as a receiver. Mm -hmm. um, but, man, he's got ball skills. He really does. You know, and that, that length he offers is just something that you just can't turn away from. Well, the two-sport athlete thing to me is so interesting with him as well because he played basketball at, at yeah. Buffalo as well. So, I mean, when you get a guy that can go up and box out and get those high-point 50-50 balls, I mean, this dude, I think, could quickly come in and be a, a target for Trevor. Maybe not his favorite target. He's got Greg Ellingson there, Greg Ellingson there still. But I think he could be, you know, in the future, one of these guys that Harris really trusts. Yeah, and you know, it reminds me of uh, Antonio Gates of the San uh, the San Diego or the LA Chargers, I should say, who, you know, like Johnson, didn't have a lot of football experience, had more basketball experience. What you know, 
here, here's what you do with Antonio Gates. You throw a 50-50 ball, he posts up against the defender like a basketball play, and he goes and gets the football. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Dominic Johnson can do for sure. So, you know, and Trevor Harris with his accuracy, he gets throw the football in any spot in the field and, and make a receiver look really, really good. And uh, I want to see where this leads here because you look at their Canadian talent and Tavon Smith jumps off the page for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Jones, I thought was an excellent signing because I think he's an underrated receiver who kind of got buried in that receiving court with Hamilton just because of the, you know, the, the speedsters they have there. Um, but I think he's an excellent, uh, he's an excellent receiver. Then you got Jimmy Ralph, who honestly, I don't really know where he fits in, in that receiving court. I don't know if he can crack the lineup as a starter, but uh, Johnson is just someone you, you know, when you have size and able to go get the football, like he can. And like you say, walk on, he played division one NCAA basketball. That's impressive that you can't, you can't ignore that. So Johnson and Deontay Glover are the two players that in a draft that I thought that they did. Okay. Um, the uh, USC kid in, in round two, I think is a good pick as well uh, because of special teams and he could play in the linebacking core. And I'm sorry, I'm forgetting names, but uh, <laughs> that's the one. Yes. Um, love everything about him. You know, every time, everything I've seen on film, uh, people I've talked to, that could be a game changer as well. But, you know, I could see this guy being an impact on special teams. So I thought beyond Cole Nelson, that was a risky pick. We'll see how that works out. Overall, I thought Brock Sunderland did a pretty decent job this year. We will forgive you on the forgetting of names. You did reach back two years and kind of name off their entire draft class. So I don't know why I did that. And then I couldn't <laughs> remember 21. It was only like a month ago. <laughs> we will give you a pass Sorry, on guys. that one. Um, but the expectations for Edmonton this year, um, where do they kind of fit in? We've talked about this with the CFL, like the West, you have Winnipeg and Saskatchewan who are the guys. And then Calgary, you know, is Mm -hmm. going to be a pest. We talked to Rod Peterson about this and then Edmonton is kind of like that unknown where they could be fantastic. They could be really bad. And then BC we think needs work. So do they fit in that fourth spot or do you see them jumping some teams? What's up for this year for them? So I think it's easy to say BC Lions will be the worst team in the West. I mm-hmm. believe, even though they've gotten better, I don't think they're good enough. I, they're not good enough on defense. They're a bit better on offense. I just can't see that team making any headway this year. The Elks are an interesting team. I do agree with Rod because they, they're a sleeper team in my opinion. They have a good quarterback. They have excellent receivers. I mean, Darrell Walker was a game-changing signing to, and to get Greg Ellingson after Darrell Walker, which we kind of all thought, hey, Ellingson's gone. Well, no, now you have a one-two punch. Um, the running back situation will be interesting with James Wilder Jr. What James Wilder Jr. are we going to get? You know, are we going to get a highly motivated one or one that's, you know, kind of thinking about other things? You know, he's got an on-off switch. When he's good, he's, he's excellent. Um, the offensive line, I think, should be good. I, I don't have too many concerns there. I think the concern I have is, you know, who's that right tackle? Who's that left tackle? You know, uh, there's a lot of depth there. There's a mm. ton of depth. Might be too much depth, right, with uh, with Sir Vincent Rogers and Derek Dennis and with Colin Kelly, and there's probably uh, others I'm missing, Randy Richards. There's, uh, there's some questions there, but I think it's good questions. Uh, defensively, their D-line will be solid. I thought Sean Lemon was an excellent signing to bookend with Kwaku Boateng. You got Matthew Betts there. 
as well. Jake Serezna, Mike Moore, as much as we're going to, they're going to miss uh, Amando Sewell, they're good. They're good. Uh, the secondary, I think, is the best, maybe the best part of this team uh, beyond the D-line right now. Um, this was a secondary for years that I thought was an underwhelming unit, but you have Jonathan Mincy. I know we haven't seen him play for a while. And Jonathan Rose, if he's healthy, that's two good bookends. Uh, Aaron Grimes was a huge signing. Uh, mm-hmm. Can Jordan Hoover take a step? You know, I thought it was a decent year for him in 2019, and I think he earned another chance to solidify that spot again. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, the linebacking core, I think that's the area where we're looking at and going, hmm, let's, uh, let's see where we go here. I mean, they, it, it's a, kind of an unheralded group. Vontae Diggs was their top rookie from 2019. They signed Kevin Brown. Um, they uh, have Brian Walker at their Sam, who I think played better than Don Yanamba honestly, uh, at the Sam position. Um, and then the special teams, you know, Terry Williams was a huge signing as well in the kick return game and someone that you can slide in the running back spot. But my question, will they be consistent enough on offense? You know, will they be able to play the Elizondo brand of football, which, which I do think will factor in the running back a lot because under Scott Milanovic, I don't think the running back is going to factor in very much at all outside of the passing game. Mm-hmm. But I think Jamie Elizondo will be committed to run the football. And then on defense, it's um, it's you know back to the back back to the front four, getting to the quarterback. And now I think there's good balance in that secondary. But what about the linebacking core? So I could see this team challenge. I honestly could see this team challenge for first, and I could see them anywhere from first to fourth. It's just mm-hmm. hard to say. Uh, I do think Winnipeg's the class. Saskatchewan should be good. Calgary should hang around. Uh, and still cause some fits. The Elks are a very interesting team. It's really hard to know where they're going to play or where they're going to finish because it, it, they they can be hot and cold. And I saw it in 19 a lot. And they got to stay healthy too. Losing Trevor Harris for five games did not help their cause at all. No, never helps when you have a quarterback go down unless you're lucky like Hamilton and have a pretty damn good backup <laughs> behind him. Um, yes. <laughs> Connor? You got anything else? Yeah, just before we let you go here, I know we talked a little bit about this off air, but I am a new Edmonton Elks fan. Uh, I changed my whole damn fandom over to the Edmonton <laughs> Elks. When I heard the name change, when I, I've been pounding on this table since we heard that Elks was going to be an option, I've been kind of rallying for that. But for the for those new fans that are coming in, maybe this this goes beyond just myself, but do you have a message for any of the incoming Elks fans? Cause there's, there's going to be a flood, I think just cause the logo and everything looks so great, but you know, do you have any messages for them? Is there any like books you would say to read videos to watch history, to research players to study? I know you talked about, you know, the gray cup runs and, and I mean, obviously the 81 gray cup is incredible. The 87 gray cup, like you were saying, I mean, even the, the 2015 gray cup win too. So what, like, do you have anything to say to, the impending flood of Edmonton Elks fans? Well, as far as the history of the team, I mean, I would say look up Warren Moon, look up Ricky Ray, look up, uh, oh boy. I mean, there's there's a whole, there's too many players to look up. Look up Henry the Gizmo Williams. Look up, look up the five in a row teams. Look up uh, the 87 Grey Cup and look up the, you know, the 2015 Grey Cup. Um, you know, look up Mike Riley. Look up players like that. Look up how well this organization represents the community of Edmonton. 
look how much they care about Edmonton and, and the fans. I mean, it's not just what you do on the field. If you are not a good citizen, you're not on the football team. And if you're unwilling, which I know in pandemic times, it's hard to reach the community, but when we're out of this, that's going to happen again. The community side of this team, because it is community owned, is maybe more important than being a player. Um, there are players that have come to Edmonton who have been outside of Edmonton that call Edmonton home now. People that live in the United States that, you know, I, I think most recently, Darius Bowman retired and lives in Edmonton. Odell Willis is not retired. He's with the, with the Argos, but he will always call Edmonton home now, you know, and we've had so many examples of that. And even players that have come back, you know, like Damon Allen, every time we talk to Damon Allen on our, our platforms here at the station, loves Edmonton. So as, as good as they are on the field with 14 great cup championships, they are absolutely phenomenal in the community. So I would say those are things I would look up uh, is, is what have they done in the community? You know, and it, the list is long and for new fans that are coming in, I would say, thank you. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think that this is a, a powerhouse brand now. I think they are going to, I don't want to say rival the riders, but I'm just going to say they might give them a run for their money with, with the branding. And, and uh, I look forward to the writer feedback on my social media platforms, but um, yeah, you're part of something new and it's exciting. It's exciting to be part of this era as someone who, you know, did love the old name, understands why the old name had to go and is in love with the new name. Just let's all come aboard here. Elk's charge, antlers up, and let's get it done here. Thank you so much. I've got one more question for you before we let's let, do it. Before we let you go here, um, I said when the Elks were named that I was going to buy out the whole damn store. I got <laughs> one last thing on the agenda here. I got to get a jersey. So who would you say that I should get? Is it Quaku Botang? Is it Matthew Betts? Is it Trevor Harris, Greg Ellingson? I'm kind of leaning towards Boateng just for the U Sports connection, but and well, they, they took down Western, which everybody loves to see. Well, you know, I think I think you hit it on the head there. That is who you take. I'm going to give you a Canadian because this is a very Canadian-focused show, even though it is a CFL and a U Sports podcast. Yeah, Kwaku Boateng. I mean, I think he might be the best Canadian player uh, in the Canadian Football League, especially on D. So that is a great choice to get uh, the man known as Earthquake Who. <laughs> Lovely. Cannot wait to hear you call him that this year when we get to see him sack some quarterbacks in the CFL season. Thank you so much to you, Dave Campbell, for coming on the show with us. Wade Connor was a pleasure, and thank you for this platform as well. I think it's a vital, uh, it's a vital platform. Uh, I listen to it. I'm a big fan. Uh, it was a pleasure being on and uh, anytime. Can't wait to come back. Thank Absolutely. you so much. As soon as that season starts. Take care. All right. There you have it. Our interview with Dave Campbell, Elks color analyst, longtime supporter and studier of the Edmonton Elks. What a great interview. So thankful to have him on. We hope you guys enjoyed it just as much as we enjoyed his insight and talking to him. That's going to close our show out today, though. Yeah, and as always, you guys know the Friday house party is coming up with Marshall and Kyle Mello. And you know where to find Connor and I. At Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank, at Dave 
underscore Chad. That's C-H-E-D in all caps for Dave Campbell if you're looking to find him as well. And as always, at CF Perspective. So thanks a lot to all of you guys for joining us for that for the show. As always, you guys know where to find that. Or sorry. And cannot forget our lovely sponsors, Fox 40. The Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network is brought to you by our friends over at Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology. For 15% off all your return to play whistle needs, visit fox40shop.com and enter the code CFP15. And in celebration of the brand new Edmonton Elks name, I am going to go crack a Sawdust City. Sawdust City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This June, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use CFP during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age. That does it. That closes. Once again, thank you so much to Dave Campbell for jumping on with us. We will be back next week. Enjoy the house party coming up.